Pints and Fights Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. Tights and Fights Podcast. Tights and Fights. I don't know what song to do. I don't, what, I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes there's no song. You know what, everybody? This is normally the part where a song comes in. Sometimes there's no song, and that's life. Welcome to Tights of wow. Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm the father of darkness, Hal Bearer Lublin. And I'm joined today by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation, the Forbid Dan Door, Danielle Radford. And just like every forbidden door, I am wide open, baby. <laughs> <laughs> And the Lindsmithless Lindsay Kelk. I like that because it's a Keith Lee reference and it sounds like I'm a Christmas of some kind. Aww. I like it. Lindsmithless. A Merry Lindsmithless to you too, sir. <laughs> and a Merry Lindsmithless to you as well. Right? Yes, great. to all of us. <laughs> you, you there, podcast host, what day is it? Why, <laughs> sir, it's Lindsmithless day. Oh, yes. Good boy. Clever boy. <laughs> Lindsay, welcome back. Hi. <laughs> Hello. I, Hello, Lindsay. Me and my sinus infection return. Yes, It's still with out. us, which is so nice. Aww. It wanted to be part of this. <laughs> you've been on the injured reserve, but you yep. had to come back because it's Cody week. We'll talk about that in a little bit. I mean, <laughs> like, wind me up and let me go. <laughs> I feel like I've been looking forward to this all week long. All week long. Uh, well, before we, we tap into the excitement that you no doubt have about that. Let's talk about what happened on SmackDown just a week ago as of this recording. Naomi challenging Charlotte for the women's title. Coming up short, but is now set to team with Ronda Rousey against Charlotte and Sonya Deville at the show that must not be named. But it was a it was great to see Naomi. I mean, this is the biggest match yes. Naomi has had in a very yeah. long time. Yeah. It's yeah. great to, to be reintroduced to her. They're doing a really good job right now, I think, of making a lot of women feel important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing to see Naomi at the head of that pack. Where she belongs, let me say, where she belongs. I don't want to have to see her go within 100 feet of Ronda Rousey. But, like, I mean, it's a show of faith from the the top down, right? That They're like, mm-hmm. you can team with Ronda. Also, if she's on Ronda's team, less likely to get her arm broken accidentally. So that's a bonus, too. <laughs> <laughs> big bonus, big bonus. It sucks that this is for, uh, this is building up to a match I will not see. So that's kind of a bummer. But yeah, like I'm, I co-sign Lindsay. Like I don't really need her teaming with Rhonda, but her teaming with Rhonda is a good sign for where they want Naomi to go. Sonia Deville owns my entire heart and Charlotte is also there. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it crazy that that's, that's the categorization now? That it's right? like, we kind love Sonia. Of course we love Naomi. Turfs get out. And also Charlotte. Like, what a wild <laughs> what a wild mix of, of ladies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the other thing I love about this is it takes, is it showcases that in the women's division that they can have rivalries that are not just about the belt. Of course, every, yeah. yes. you know, we've talked about wanting every wrestler's goal to be to be champion. That's why you're there, right? To be the very best mm-hmm. there is. You want the champion uh, championship in some way, but 
part of what the women's division and women's division in general, women's divisions in general have lacked for so long is storylines that don't just revolve around a belt. Like, what does the mid-card look like? Now there's a tag team scene, even though that's not given the attention it deserves because Vince hates tag teams. Yeah. But it's just great how big a storyline it's been, how long it's been going on. Mm. Obviously headed for, for a blow-off at WrestleMania, but... But nonetheless, it's exciting to see it continue to get a spotlight and see Naomi get showcased for for totally. Maybe it's just the history of where things have gone, both in the women's division and, and men's division. But you go, oh, after this great storyline, what's next? I hope yeah. that there is a next yeah. outside of a while well, you're heated up, go out into the world. We're not gonna we're not gonna do anything for you, and then you're gonna disappear again. She'll never disappear, Hal, because I'll be watching her on TikTok. So, <laughs> so will always true. be there for me. We'll She'll all be watching her. always be there her. for me with her light up scrunchies and just have her good times. That's what I know. <laughs> yeah. But I wonder yeah, if she if she's going to become like the Dolph Ziggler of the women's division. She already is. Yeah, I guess so. Like it's, it's a bummer, but she already is. Like she's proven that you can heat her up at any time and then have her make everyone else look good with how incredibly talented and athletic she is and then uh, put her back on the shelf until you need to heat her up again. Like, she already is. Her and Sasha are both, like, the Dolphs of mm. that division. I feel so bad for Naomi because she's been injured so many times and not... Yeah, And it's too. not even always injury, it's illness, you know? She's had endometriosis. She's had a lot of struggles that is absolutely not her fault, not anyone else's mm-hmm. fault. They weren't... People say it's injuries and it's not injuries. It's, like, mm-hmm. she's dealing with, like agonizing and chronic pain but yeah that really feels unfair and like that sidelined her in ways that she could not have controlled i want to i'm really trying to be present in my pre-mania moment hal i'm really trying to like embrace i I don't want to take that away when i can get it yeah i mean they're trying really hard to get me to watch that show they are like hey what if we gave you this this tag team match and i'm like okay and tell me more like what if there was an elimination chamber i'm like fuck me i fucking love an elimination chamber like well what if we gave you becky versus leech i'm like well fuck me you guys fuck me like i might have to go and watch it through a neighbor's window i don't know (laughs) (laughs) it's lindsay just like yeah pre- <laughs> that's how we celebrate uh happy uh limsy just like her like pressing her face up against like yeah. uh someone's warm house just, it's just outside yeah. snowing i don't know why it's snowing you find a neighbor LA, that has peacock uh, and then you would just stand at the window peep through the window and, and just watch the women's matches and then go home and that's how you can live with yourself ethically uh but also get to enjoy what's re- really going to be four fucking great matches uh three matches three great matches and the rest of the men's but like oh mary lindsay's let's say to you all yeah danielle the reason why there's snow outside is because hell is frozen over since Lindsay is watching one of these things (laughs) yeah that's why that would do it that would do it but if naomi is turning into a comp for dumps for dolph ziggler then dolph ziggler is heating up as well he wants to challenge for the NXT Championship, but instead finds himself in a feud with Tommaso Ciampa, who made his return to Raw since what was it the time he played a lawyer? Unless let's say like it was during Survivor Series buildup. I don't count oh, that. Oh no, no. Remember there was that time when him and uh, and Gargano showed up at when they needed a hot shot Raw for a oh, while. Oh, that's like, right. They were like, I remember because they took on the bar. Think this is a joke? Boy, we ain't here to make jokes like Johnny said last night on Raw. We're here to take over. We're not here to set the bar. 
We're here to break the bar. Boy, that's it's been a weird 50 years of wrestling in the last three, <laughs> three years. I know. I texted that. a friend earlier this week, or I texted a friend yesterday. I was like, what a weird week for wrestling. And he's like, I'm literally going back and seeing how many times you've texted me that exact same <laughs> sentence. I'm like, but this week particularly is weird. a weird week. Particularly odd. <laughs> they, they did have on Raw a women's gauntlet match in which Bianca Belair defeated Rhea Ripley in the finals. I love a gauntlet match. Like a good gauntlet match is good storytelling. You can... Give somebody some shine without them even winning or making the final. Oh, I just love this. I mean, I, you know, uh, if you want to give me Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley, um, the the battle of the alliteration, I will take it. I will take it all day long. I will take it twice on Tuesdays. They're, for me, becoming very quickly a fight forever. I like them together. I think they work really well together. Just like two fucking strong ass, badass women kicking the shit out of each other. Like, yes, please give me all of that. Um, and yeah, no, I do. I, I agree. Like, I think a gauntlet match is a great way to really showcase talent. And this was really fun. Yeah. I love a gauntlet match and I love these two, everything that's been said. The only thing for me that always takes the edge off it is when someone's been in it for ages and they're amazing and you're like, yeah. And then someone else comes in and wins at the end, which is usually a heel move. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you're like, oh, because they fought so valiantly and they beat so many people and then they got like, smacked out at the end and you're like oh that's that that always feels like a bit of a oh um and that it should be a heel move but in this case everyone loves everyone everyone's a winner but yeah i just kind of want to watch Rhea and bianca fight for the rest of their lives uh which you know bianca's what 30 ish and Rhea's 12 so Mm -hmm. they have time yeah we did have the the men who will be in the elimination chamber will all appeared in the ring (laughs) The final person appearing was Brock Lesnar, who who was dressed like he just showed up to Aspen with Harry and Lloyd and Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> I, I love this Brock. I love this Brock. I love it. Because we were talking about this. Um, <laughs> it really feels like this is the first time that Brock has more of a personality than dude in Jimmy John shorts. Yeah. And it's really nice. I feel like this is the first time we're seeing Brock. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, he's the yeah. first time he's being himself instead of being Paul Heyman's monster. Um, like, he's broken free from Dr. Frankenstein, and it turns out he's all the lols. Like, maybe they should have just <laughs> let Frankenstein's monster have a TikTok account and he would have found himself. I don't know. But I'm really enjoying it. I like hearing him talk. I like hearing him speak. I like looking at what he's wearing. And I like watching yes. him murder Austin Theory. So... More of this, please. More of this, please. So splendid. It's really, really... It's, it's such a fun surprise. Because anytime Brock comes back, I'm always like, here we go again. Imagine me doing just like a huge cartoon eye roll when I do that. <laughs> and then this time, now I'm like excited to see Brock on my TV because he is a person right. and not just an entity that comes down the mountain to ruin my favorite storylines. Now he has actually like brings something with him, which is a whole ass personality and a dumb little man bun. Oh, yeah. And mixing it up regularly. Like he's in the season to yes. WrestleMania. He's not coming down off the mountain. He's there and, and in it. Yeah, and I up. hope he's, 
I hope he does start a TikTok account so I can see him lip sync too. I was Josh Softy's muse when he was writing on Cut Jams. On Cut Jams. She's got fucking <laughs> Sasha Banks syndrome. I don't know what that is. Look, I'm I, sorry. I think that that's that thing of like someone, like if you've both spent too much time in California and on the East Coast. If I don't they know do what not get Julia Fox at WrestleMania, they fucked up. They fucked up. I don't know what she needs to do there. I don't know what she's doing when she gets there. But either either she hosts SummerSlam or she has to show up at Mania. I don't care what she does. Come on. She is the moment. Have this happen. <laughs> As we get closer to talking about Cody Rhodes, the Creed brothers won the Dusty Cup. That's Rhodes adjacent. Mm-hmm. Braun Breaker has retained the NXT title over Santos Escobar. Camilo Hayes beat Cameron Grimes. NXT continues to plug along. Continues to happen. That's what I, I say about it. it. Mm-hmm. I watched it. And I and? I have nothing to say. Uh, yeah. There was just a whole bunch of people who I didn't know. And then they were like, here's some more people that are starting in a week who I don't know. And I'm like, another lady who's come on to talk about her daddy. This is so confusing. Um, yeah, I watched it. That's, okay. that's my review. Okay. All right. It was nice to see. It was nice to see Dolph's toxic attraction T-shirt. I thought that was a nice, a nice moment. That was was a nice moment. Love it. Mm -hmm. Finally, the biggest news of AEW happened off-screen, but there was some great wrestling. Daniel Bryan putting on a clinic, beating Lee Moriarty in a great match that that followed with a great promo with Moxley. Mm -hmm. That that continues to be intriguing. It looks like they're they're going to have to fight one another before they work together but I kind of hope they do work together I hope that that I would love to see what they did together and but then I got to wonder and I wonder maybe is the only reason Brian Danielson wants to stand side by side with me because he doesn't want to find himself in the one place nobody in AEW wants to find themselves standing across the ring from John Moxley uh, Mercedes Martinez and Thunder Rosa had a great match, after which Creases, <laughs> John Creases' student, Britt Baker, showed up <laughs> to put the boots to Thunder Rosa, uh, who was dressed oh. in, in Bruce Lee and ga- was a Game of Death. Isn't that a Game of Death outfit? I think so. So many people, so many homages to that outfit have happened, yes. but like, I can't. Like, depending on what generation you are, because like, for me, the first time I saw that outfit was in The Last Dragon. So to me, that's always okay. Bruce Leroy's outfit. And then for some people, it will always be Kill Bill. So I think it just depends on what generation, but I believe it was Game of Death. For some people, it's Tekken. Oh, Because it is an outfit in wrong. Tekken also. Not wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is, originally, it goes back to to Game of Death. And then, of course, Last Strike. We, we sort of, we discussed it in order. What did you think of, of the match that the two of them had? You know, give me my scary mommies any day. Mm-hmm. Like, please. And I don't remember who it was. I don't remember if it was Thunder Rosa, but w- one of the women in AEW tweeted, and it was so funny. They were like, can I get Ralph Macchio for my, <laughs> <in> my <laughs> By the way, I'm, I'm almost done with season four of Cobra Kai. I'm really enjoying it. Cobra Kai is so fucking good. It's really, it's really, fun. really good. It's way better than it has any right to be. Yeah. They did a cosmetics collaboration. Let me know if you want me to get you that eyeshadow palette, Hal. Yes, I did. Please. Yeah. May I have it? <laughs> it seemed an odd fit for me, but I think I would do well. Yeah. That's it didn't. It didn't. Which is why I think I can get it for you. But it, you know, good to see it's out there making moves. Making million dollar moves. <laughs> Make it no. Making no. four figure dollar deal moves. <laughs> 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 but still, but still, good for them. Good for them. Uh, more dissension within the inner circle. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I like all the people. Hold on. Let me take that back. Let me walk it back. 
I enjoy the work in ring of all of those people. And oh, if, if only 2016 Hal could see Hal now. I know. Oh boy. If, uh, imagine Ooh. if 2000. Oh Hal, no, dude, we can't tell. Oh my god, baby boy. No. I wouldn't do that. Sweet to summer child. Well, he needed no. to learn a lot of things. <laughs> he didn't know much about the way the world worked. He needed but to be smart. Who does at twenty three? Quick. Um, I they they put on very good matches. I just I think it would as a fan. I'm way more interested in seeing what they do after they break up instead of like yeah. everything being tied to one another. Because th- then you get to a point where. I don't know, this may be, maybe this is unfair. I'm going to just call it the Marty Jannetty syndrome, and here is why. If you spend too much time in that in in that rivalry and in this group, and it's all about this group, somebody is going to somebody's going to suffer for it. I think, and I, I, it won't be Jericho. He's got too many years. He's Jericho. He's Jericho. He's, he's Jericho. got too many decades of of storylines and mm-hmm. and and miles under his belt. But it could, well, and, it could know, be bad for for Santana and Ortiz. There's a little farm that we can throw Hager on um, where he can <laughs> there you is know, a farm. Plot, not have access to the internet. Plot January 7th or whatever. No. January 7th. He tried to plan one for the next day. <laughs> they showed you know, up in he DC. Got the and day like, that's, how, that's how I imagine I it would we'll work leave. if it was him. Yeah, it gets to a point where I just don't yeah. care. Like, and yeah. that's it's not because I don't care about the individual people and I don't care about that whatever. Like, I watched that storyline and I'm like, ugh, we're still doing this? Mm-hmm. And I don't think they were together. I don't think they were important enough to- No, to, not as a faction. Right? Once make, MJF left. To build this much of a breakup. I'm like, it's like a B storyline couple on a sitcom breaking up. It's not like Ross mm-hmm. and Rachel breaking up, you know? It's like yeah. it's like Rachel and Joey breaking up, you know? I'm like, okay. Get it over with. You know, I just feel a little bit. I guess like this I'm is ready. when Aisha Tyler shows exactly. up. Exactly. Yeah. Like, make way for Charlie. Make Charlie. way for Charlie. Um, I just it just doesn't it doesn't do it for me, and I feel like they need to wrap it up uh, and make it mean something real quick. Because at the moment it's just like, well, yeah, it's super predictable. What's going to happen? You know, it's not like Jericho is going to suffer. I wish that we could just get like at any time a storyline is taking too long, we just have Julian come out with his headphones <laughs> yeah. on and start making that like finger that he does for us when we've been talking about the same thing for too long. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> wrap it up. So wrap it up. Wrap Let's it up. Wrap it. Yeah, we get it, Danielle. You went to WrestleMania 19. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> if you've got any thoughts on the week in wrestling. We'll have an episode thread in our Facebook group where you can discuss it with the rest of the nation of conversation. Plus, you can read more of what we thought on Twitter and Instagram. It's what Julian thought. When we come back, the drama of Cody Rhodes. <laughs> Julian's tweets have been real good lately, yeah. y'all. Oh, he's, uh, he is on one. He is, he is on the, several. Would we say he's the Joel Embiid of tweeting right now? Could be. <laughs> I guess you could say I'm trying to control the narrative. <clears throat> <laughs> When we come back, the drama of Cody Rhodes. That's next on Tights and Fights. Hi, I'm Janet Varney. And just like you, I survived high school. And we're not alone. On my podcast, The JV Club, I invite some of my friends to share the highs and lows of their teen years. Like moments with Aisha Tyler 
But when you're a kid, the stakes are just pretty low. Go to school, try not to get in trouble, get laid. Jamila Jamil. I watched television probably every waking hour during that time and I was shit-faced on medicine. And Dave Holmes. We talked and talked and then everybody left. It was just us two and I was like, I love you. Learn how you too can be a functioning adult after the drama and heartbreak of high school. Every week on the JV Club with Janet Varney. Find it on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a judgment-free show. Tyson Bites Podcast. Tyson Bites. Welcome Hello. back to Tyson Fights. I'm Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by Danielle Radford and Lindsay Kelk. This week, we're going to give one corner of wrestling some extra attention. This is our main event. Anal bleeding. Whoa! Holy shit! WWE Dynamite. I hate a hard fart victory. Live, pal. What? Did you hear it? Did you hear it? Oh my gosh, we gotta go back and make sure you heard it. I missed it. No, you know, you you gotta. Please? Yes, please. It was in the middle. I'm gonna start it right before it. No, no, it was in the middle because I heard. That was Mm -hmm. Keith Lee's debut against uh, Isaiah. And everybody in, immediately after it happened, I appreciate you all so much, was like, add it to the sting, add it to the sting. So <laughs> yeah. there it is, you know. <laughs> oh, that's the, yes, 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 yes. Uh, I, think, I think he earned it. Oh, it's it. beautiful. He clearly did. Totally. Uh, oh, it was beautiful. Dreams mind for sure. Scream. So you guys yeah. get to screaming if you want more, if you want to yeah. be involved. I need to hear the screamings. Cody Rhodes wrestled all over the world after leaving WWE. Japan, Ring of Honor, he was everywhere. And he was later one of, if not the major reason that AEW ever came together. People talk about the forbidden door. It's a proper noun. It's vernacular. But if you are an industry journalist who covers what we do and you disagree with anything that I say here tonight, you're not a journalist. As this generation likes to say, check the receipts, check the dates. Before there was a forbidden door, I was the one who built it. Now, he's leaving the company he helped found, and all reports point to him coming back to WWE. This is big news, and there are so many stories around it, and there's no way we'll ever know the truth. Right. One side uh, one side says he wanted to be paid the, the kind of money people like Punk and Daniel Bryan were being paid to come in. And we didn't want to do that, so he left. Another is he started with control and then lost it to Tony Khan, who was a billionaire and wants to play with his toys. That seems to be corroborated from the other side. So maybe that's the one bit of truth we have. Would the idea of him asking for more money than maybe the company thinks he's, he's worth be possible? Absolutely. That happens all the time. It happens in non-work sports as well. Well, and it's also like there's that, um, which I've learned from Jackie Cation, who says never say no without a number. So it is very possible that Cody was already ready to go and was like, you know what? I'm just going to lob a Hail Mary. If they take it, I'll stay. If they don't, I'm already planning on leaving. So this doesn't hurt me at all. So I'm just going to throw out a number. And if they and if they take it, then we can have a conversation. But yeah, never say no without a number has been a big part of my uh, my working life as a freelancer. So it's very possible that that's also it. Sure. I find the number argument 
less convincing again knowing yeah. nothing we know nothing but given that he was an evp in the company that we know he was very much involved in the business side of things um yes. whereas we don't know necessarily how involved kenny and the box are in the business side of things we know that cody was at least we know that he was and that we know that brandy was and that they were both very much involved in the back end of things I find it really hard to believe that it would be whatever he's getting paid to perform. I don't know how that works. Is it like WWE where Stephanie has two contracts? She has a performer contract and she has a chief brand officer contract. Right. Uh, does Cody have two contracts? I don't know. I don't know how he's getting paid for that. I don't know how the EVPs get paid for that role. Right. Uh, like, what is the structure? Did they own? Did they ever own part of AEW? Does Tony just own it wholesale? Do they have any part of that or are they just employees of tony khan's company we have no idea but that makes it seem slightly more odd to me because of, of the many things that cody may be um and i don't even think saying egotistical is a negative thing i think he has a huge ego because he has a huge ambition i don't think avaricious is one i don't think he's ever been someone who looks like he's out for the money you know, right. it feels to me like it means that there's something, me you know, he's so earnest, he's so sincere, it means so much to him. I would be really shocked if he left AEW, a company that he built from the ground up, because they wouldn't pay him as much as CM Punk. Well, the, I agree. The question is, how deep does the work go, right? Yes. When it's presented yeah, right. originally, it was the four of us are going to start this company together. And we have funding, we have support, we have financially what it takes to go toe to toe with with Vince McMahon maybe the 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 only person since since billionaire ted came right. along and the four of us are the hottest thing in wrestling right now and right. we can make this work and we can elevate our peers around us and we have a dream and well, yeah. wow i don't black wow right really danielle right <laughs> right <laughs> right in black history month okay well, history it month. is black history month and cody is here to solve racism so he did solve yeah. racism while he was at it but but they they come together this is what's announced to us cody is the is the face of it it feels like at the time he is the he is the biggest star of the group because not only was he big in Japan, where Kenny Omega and the Bucks are are certainly bigger, but he is a bigger star in the States. He's been in WWE. He has the name recognition of, yeah. recognition of his family. Of the four, he is the logical person to, right. to be in charge. And the promise that was made, the promise that was sold to us is that the four of us want to do this different. This yes. is going to be a different company. This is going to be inclusive. Women are going to get a chance. Everybody's going to everybody's going to come to the table equally, and we're going to yeah. get it done. Now, looking back on it, do you get the sense that entire thing was orc? No, I think hmm. this is so interesting because, like, our uh, uh, as as uh, Lindsay has pointed out, um, our fucking. Our, our group chat has been lit. <laughs> but that's one of the things that I think has been the most interesting is watching suddenly all of these people who kept making excuses for the things that we've been talking about and some of us uh, on on uh, this podcast have been uh, bodily threatened on Twitter for talking about is the fact that like we were sold this bill of goods that this is how it's going to be and just like waiting for it to happen and then there was all the like so many people were like being apologists for it and it's like no but we can criticize something and still like it that's how america works it's really interesting now to see all these people like well i just thought that cody was here to change things and now it's just all about the money and i thought he was here to change things and it's like well we've already like it's 
I do think that he meant it. I also think that when you have one person that's holding the purse strings and they're not a money mark and Tony Khan is clearly not a money mark, eventually it's going to get to a point where the person who has the money is going to realize I have the money and I'm going to do these things the way that I want to do them. And whatever that might look like, and that is what Tony has done now, I do think that Cody, because of the way the company was structured and because of the way that we all saw the way that the, the company was presented to us was that I think Cody thought he was going to have a bigger say than he did. I went back and watched the press conference um, mm. And I look back past AEW because, you know, Cody didn't leave WWE to start AEW. That's another part of the story that's just being overlooked straight away. Like, no one's really talking right. about that. He left because he wasn't getting what he wanted out of WWE. He wasn't getting to be the character he wanted. He wasn't getting to perform the way he wanted. Mm-hmm. You remember that first year out when everyone was like, three-star Cody, three-star Cody. And he was just having some yep. very middle-of-the-road matches on the indies, but he was doing it. He was going to the indies. He was traveling. He was showing up in, you know, veterans' halls and, and all this stuff. He was showing up everywhere. He yep. did the thing and then eventually landed with the Bucks and with the Bullet Club. And that didn't happen overnight. Like, they really yeah. took him on and took him in and they helped him grow. And then he had that whole storyline that ran across Japan, ran across Ring of Honor. I saw a couple of those matches. Um, I saw him grow into that role. You really can't discount how really fucking special that moment was. Really special for all of them because he just became himself. But is the world ready for the next chapter of the story? Is the world ready for the American Nightmare? He went from being, am I dashing Cody Rhodes? Am I part of Legacy? Uh, fucking he who shall not be named. You got it. Uh, yeah. yeah, Legacy. And uh, like, shut up. Uh, you know, the, the face mask. And then we have Stardust and all that stuff. And then suddenly it was like he'd really found himself and he was the person he wanted to be. Um, and I loved that run for him. And then when I can't stress it enough, like this is why we get so upset every fucking week, you guys, if like you haven't been listening to us for that long, I cannot stress enough how I can only speak for myself, but how fucking thrilled I was when I watched that AEW press conference. I just stood, I wasn't even sat, like I was stood in my living room watching it. Like, and th- this is going to sound so dumb to so many people, but it was like I had the same feeling and I stood in the same place I did when they announced Hillary as the fucking nominee. Like it was that same thing where I was like, something's happening in a very different way, but something's happening that's mm-hmm. for me. This is for me. And they're talking right. to me. And I was so excited and I was so thrilled. And I genuinely saw. Cody as a change agent. I saw him as someone that wanted things to be done differently and wanted everyone to get a shot. And there really was no talk of Tony Khan. There really no, was no mention. He very of, much felt like he felt like a silent partner. Yeah, and it like was that, very that much. Was, and I think that was the the thought that everyone had. When and whenever he happen. was mentioned, it was like, "There's this guy Tony Khan, and he's bringing the money, and he's a massive fan, and we love him, and he's supporting us, and he's letting us do all this. I mean, he's really behind us." And then that narrative slowly started to change. And then it was like, well, Tony doesn't want to be on camera. Tony doesn't want to be Vince. Tony wants to just stay behind the scenes and run mm-hmm. the company. And then you would start to see Tony and Gorilla a lot. Right. Yep. And then it was like, oh, I guess he is more involved than we realized. And then right. there was the Kenny statement when Kenny came out and said, hey, I don't 
book the women's division. So I did, but I don't. And it's like, what? And then Brandy came out and said, why is everyone blaming me for booking the women's division? I don't book the women's division. And then it was like, all of a sudden, Tony is coming out publicly saying, hey, I book everything. It's mine. These are my dollies. And, and then here come the tweets, and then here comes and all then the, the other tweeting stuff. started, and then the lack of apology started, and then Cody left. And um, the only thing I have to say is I hate what it's doing on the internet. I hate oh my that we've God. just gone balls to the wall on everyone loves a thing. We all love a thing. We all love wrestling. And we found a new way to divide the people that love the thing to make them hate each other even more which is fucking nuts to me. It's the complete opposite of what AEW was supposed to be. It's the complete opposite of what we should be doing as wrestling fans. It's fucking crazy that we're going after each other for loving the same thing. And to anyone that's kicking off at Cody for a lack of loyalty, like you all must have some amazing fucking job with some amazing fucking boss that you think leaving an employment situation that does not benefit you or is making you unhappy or you feel like is not what you signed up for, if you think that's disloyal, I hope that you are never in a position where you have to leave a job because you're not enjoying it. You're disloyal bastards. Like that to me has been nuts that that's the narrative. fucking wild like it's it and again because even it's so funny because all of those times that we were criticizing essentially the same thing of being like hey like we were sold this bill of goods and this isn't what's happening it was very much like well why do you hate everything why do you hate aew why do you blah 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 blah? you're a wwe mark boop, 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 boop. and it's like have you not listened to anything that we've said before and so now to watch like i said those same people are now like Cody betrayed us. It's like, dude, like, I'm sorry that Cody, like, ran out on your mom to get cigarettes and didn't come back or, like, whatever. (laughs) But you have to calm the fuck down. You don't actually know any of these people. You don't actually know what's happening. We won't know until, like, you know, in in 10 years when someone decides to, like, either write a book or do a documentary or, you know, and, like, let's be real, like, in 10 days when he's on, like, fucking, you know, someone's talk show. It won't be oral sessions and it won't be Colt Cabana. I mean, Tony's done a good job of bringing everyone in house so i guess it's broken skull sessions i'm guessing it's broken skull sessions (laughs) but yeah so we'll hear more about that or maybe he'll just do his own podcast because that's how you know he that's how he does things too he's absolutely gonna have his own podcast within a week isn't he it's just nuts to me the idea that it's loyalty and that it's betrayal and that the number of people that came after again speaking only for myself but the shit that has been said to me for daring to criticize anything about AEW online or for daring to say hey this isn't what they told me it was going to be i i feel betrayed because i was promised something and it wasn't delivered but for the fans to now be like he's betrayed us by leaving i'm like oh well 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 if this isn't the consequences of my own actions come sit with <laughs> me friend and let me explain to you about betrayal like it's fucking nuts the guy, he's it, left. He's gone. I don't remember if this is accurate or not. And this is doesn't compare even in the slightest to what you've gone through, Lindsay. But wasn't AEW the reason why I got dragged in our Facebook group? Is that Probably. right? Probably. Do you remember that, Julian? <laughs> Let's be honest. A lot of it was like early on. It was like um, there was the idea of the women's divisions going to come together. Eventually, it's yeah. going to like things are going to like come I, together. I believed Right, and I think Hal was one of the people that said, like, I just, it doesn't seem like they're taking steps towards I, it coming together. It yes, even, very early on. This, right. the, we, weekly, the struggle, uh, not the struggle, but the conversation was me saying, this doesn't look like it's coming together. And both 
Lindsay and Danielle going, let's give him, which I uh, get. It's not right and wrong. It's optimism. It's the hope. Optimism, it's the hope. Yeah. Uh, like, you saw it happen on a scale in WWE. Now you, you get something that has, that gets to benefit from, from another company's yeah. growing pains. Taking like, um, so long to figure out what was pretty obvious. Right? Yeah, like, here, here's, yeah. This is the parallel I use for this all the time. The Simpsons took like three, four years to figure out their voice as a show and their comedic pattern. Then 10 years later, when Futurama started by Simpsons writers, they already knew what worked. So it, it finding their version of that voice took no time. Like they started from a place where they, they could apply the lessons that had been learned to this new thing. So you now you're coming in saying, we're going to change the game. And you have it from the very beginning. You've seen it happen. The, the women's uh, evolution, revolution has already happened in, in WWE. Give Divas a chance has already happened. You're coming right. in and saying, we're, we're already... We're already there. We understand how important this is. We're going to do it. There's just no, there are no clean hands here. Nobody has no. clean hands. Either it's I a mean, work literally, or, or either it's a work and they never had any control yeah. or there are no clean hands. I, I mean, literally talk about changing the game. They literally started the company by fucking taking a sledgehammer to the Triple H throne. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't get you can't get a more on the nose metaphor. Like, I wonder if they'll play that back in his onboarding. They like, fucking better. Oh, they fucking better. <laughs> like, we love the spirit of this, and then show the video. We're like, but possibly not the content of this. How do we address this, Cody? You know, honestly, I think it's fine because I think this is the da- this is the son that Vince has always wanted. Like, I believe that. Like, I don't think that's going to hurt him with Vince in the slightest. I think Vince he's is never had be to like, jump off of a come on he's in, never had to jump off anything high. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to jump off a cage to get Daddy to love you. You can have the fucking moon on a stick if you want it. Like, it but, turns uh, out Cody was a Palpatine the whole time. Yeah. But, <laughs> also, Lindsay, you're dead. Speak. I, I hope that there's that there's less of a sense of like, well, look who comes crawling back to WWE. Just as much as every person, you know, losing Daniel Bryan yeah. to become Bryan Danielson in AEW sucks because I enjoyed watching him in WWE. But now I get to watch him in AEW, and he's doing totally. great. CM yeah. Punk is is in some ways doing maybe better work than he's ever done. I would have loved to have seen his run in WWE end differently, but obviously mm-hmm. he was super unhappy. He had to go. Like, people go back and forth. And now he's yeah. a more generous lover. And now he's a more <laughs> yeah. generous lover. He went through and did the work. Yeah. Yeah, he went through and did the work, and now he's he's given everybody the rub. What is, it's February. I don't, I need to get laid. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's love, Mom. Maryland's love, Mom. It's love, Mom. It's love, Mom. Um, yeah, there's so many things about AEW that I love, like individually, and it is again the same. It ultimately ends up being the same thing as WWE, where it's like I'm against the war and for the troops. So mm-hmm. it's like I I love all the individual wrestlers. I think everyone is doing great work. I don't like the way the business is run, and that's that's not new. And that's what I think right. is fucked up is we were promised something new, and actually it's more the same than ever. Um, it's just billion. It's just pick your favorite billionaire slash millionaire owner right it's tony is not a better person than vince vince is not a better person than tony it's now it's all the same it's just all the same you know what a lot of people really like it again it, it, it's it, it 
the tribalism is so weird because even when we weren't getting what we thought we were getting, I would have people say to me, well, like, well, come on. It's very obvious that one of these companies deserves to be around and the other one doesn't. Like, it's very obvious who you have to root for. And it's like, I root for wrestling. Yeah. Could be that you just I like don't, wrestling. I don't. Yeah. I just like wrestling, dude. Like, I don't. This isn't like a. if I wanted to root for a team, I would get into real sports. Like, I watch <laughs> this because I like storylines. Like, I, I'm not into and like the backstage intriguing stuff is like fun obviously because we talk about it but I'm not like a tribalist person when it comes to that stuff and I find it very weird more wrestling on my TV is better than less wrestling even if I can't watch all of it like it's just better and it's better opportunities and more opportunities for people I just wish that it was like more of what I thought it was going to be but I still enjoy a lot of it and it's going to be really fucking interesting to see what happens when Cody comes back to WWE. It's going to be really fucking interesting. Let's focus up on on Cody. I think that's a and I want to talk about his WWE run, but I want to I want to couch it in this. It felt to me my my impression was like the first 6 6 months maybe of his run in AEW was important, then after that you could have lost him for anybody. It fit like for him to walk away yeah. at this point. Yeah. And I, and I hate to this is not a reflection on him. It's more a reflection on the way the company has moved and maybe the, mm-hmm. the writing's been on the wall for a while. But it doesn't feel like any big loss. And part of that is is paternity leave, which is great. You had a kid. Congratulations. You have other projects. But and, part, yeah, and he talked about stepping back to be more of a backstage person a bunch yeah. of times, yeah. right? Which also is very interesting given what's coming out now in that mm-hmm. his it seems as though yeah. his backstage role was being eroded that whole time that he was talking about stepping out of the spotlight to take more on backstage but how many times have we said on this podcast in the last year like in the last 12 months how many times have we said cody feels like a throwback in his own new company Mm -hmm. like he feels like something from the early earliest days of AEW, and he doesn't feel like he fits with what the current product is and with the direction it's taking they were always on this own little weird like cody storyline island like it never felt like it coalesced with everything else because one thing that i will say that i enjoy a lot about AEW is that it, it does give me that feeling of all of these things are happening on the same same show. They're not all like necessarily divided by granted. Obviously, you have people in feuds. You have people going after, you know, in different storylines, people going after different belts. But it does feel like at any moment, any of these people can suddenly be talking to anybody else. Like it feels like like and that was one of the Attitude Era things that we yeah, that like we the really last enjoyed. 12 to six months. I think that's come together because we definitely had yes. called them out on that not being the case that there were too many weird belts. There were too many crossovers, too many random mm-hmm. things. And now it cohesively feels like one place. Right. But now Cody and Brandy's storylines almost always feel like they're on their own island and they don't really involve a bunch of like other mm-hmm. people. And I'm, I can't even I can't even get into the brandy of it all because I have I just uh, um... <sighs> hopefully brandy's doing good. Right. She had postnatal depression, mm-hmm. apparently was suffering with postnatal depression. We hope she's feeling good. I hope that this is a you want you want a choice to feel like freedom. Right. That's the thing. And that's what I keep yes. thinking about this. And like, I really hope this choice to them feels like freedom. I want Brandy to be successful. I never don't want anyone to not have a job or not have work. I desperately need her to not write her own promos. I just I desperately it's got to fucking she's got to stop. She must be Brandy stopped. There's a million things she can do that aren't wrestling like she will succeed at anything she puts her mind to because she is ambitious she is driven she is smart she's a business talented i don't know if the path needs to lead to an on-screen wrestling persona i think she could kill it as a manager i think there are options but i don't know if this is even where she needs to be right now maybe there's something else she can do 
I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. That black bitch promo hurts me so much. It it's really painful. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't. I like. I. 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 And like, we all kind of make fun of. I. We. We do. We all make fun of Brandy. And some of it, like, I'm sorry. Like, uh, some of y'all out there. Some of it is just for the black ladies to make fun of. Like, y'all don't get to make fun of all of it. Um, some of it's just for us. Let us have our little corner. Yeah, God, that black bitch promo yeah. is just... But if she ugh, was well-written, oof, oof. I think she could be good. Because she's a good performer. The whole heffa thing. Is she That's just why like, she it, would need to gotta, be well-written. Is <laughs> <laughs> like a big point of it. But yeah, like I, I am, I'm very interested to see what happens now when Cody goes back. And what does that look like? What's the ceiling in WWE? World champion? Oh, I'm going to be real harsh. I think you have him come in now. And you get, because this is, again, something I, I keep having to, like, this is something we've said, I've, I've said repeatedly on the group chat. His, if this is what is happening with AEW, him leaving AEW, it's not great. It is going to have long-term effects, but in the immediate, as far as what is actually on our television storyline-wise, it really doesn't have that huge of an impact. Not as big of an impact as it is going to be when he goes to WWE and the story that that's going to happen because people are going to tune in. However, that initial thing is only going to last through WrestleMania. And after WrestleMania, no one's going to give a shit anymore. And so at that point, when they actually have to start doing storylines that aren't based on you left and then came back, or I came back because I wanted to change the system from the inside, or like however it is that they're going to like do this thing. Because really, the thing that would make the most sense is for him to feud with Triple H, but we don't know what condition Triple H is in right now. Like, I don't want him up there wrestling if he can't fucking wrestle. But that's the thing that makes the most sense. Um, or him and Rollins, if you have Rollins think, go yeah. back to being, if you have him going back to being like the, the you know, Triple H's boy again. That that only has so long while that is still hot. And I think that once that cools off, I don't think that they're going to have anything for him. And I think in a year, he's going to be back to mid-carding. If I was dream booking it, I you have Seth not have a match at Mania. You don't book Seth in a match and then you have Seth come out at Mania and be like, no one even wants to wrestle me because they can't because I'm so amazing and I'm the new Mr. WrestleMania and I should have a match and this is crazy. And I think you just have Cody walk out as a surprise, uh, but not a surprise, obviously. But I think you Hardy boys it. I think you Hardy Mm -hmm. it and you just have him walk out and just take the pop without a word of explanation, without any of it. And then you don't have to do the explaining it all away. You just right. get the rub of him showing up. You get everyone losing their goddamn minds. Pharaoh doesn't come because there's too many fireworks and it's a stadium. <laughs> Leave Pharaoh at home. I'll take Pharaoh for walkies. We'll look after the baby. We'll sit backstage while you walk out. That's fine. But then I think you have him come out at Raw after Mania and then you have him give his speech of his... I left because I wanted to be better and I went all over the world looking for the best competition and I even created my own company to find it and look where I find myself. And then I think he just has to go straight to the top. I think he has to challenge Roman or Brock or whoever is there. I think he has to. He could go babyface or he could be like, ugh, back here, fuck. You know, like it could go either way and I don't know. And I find that very exciting. I think he's back the Monday after WrestleMania, the Raw after WrestleMania, the biggest Raw of the year. I think he minimally, if he mentions AEW at all, it's very, very minimal. And They're I not going to use the letters. They just to put a bet in, just to put a bet in, I think he's challenging for a title by SummerSlam. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. my goal. They build him up, heat him up over the summer, build mm-hmm. a rivalry, 
and then put a belt in the middle of it. That's I would take that mania pop because I was there I when that fucking hardy pop happened and yeah, it blew the was... roof off. I think you take it. They're they're entered into the time capsule now. We will see yeah. what happened. Uh, we've also asked members of the nation a conversation to tell us what they think about Cody Rhodes, their memories of him. Ian on Twitter said his big matches in AEW always had great emotion to them. His match with MJF comes to mind. Mm. I just wish once he started dressing like a Bioshock Infinite enemy, he leaned into it and been a big boss to others and a big boss others had to defeat instead of insisting on staying a babyface. That match with fucking Dustin, like that's very good. You know, I, I, I do not I don't like the blood um, but I, I, I will pop over that brother versus brother shit all yes. day long. P. Edmund had a lot to say on Facebook, including he was the guy with the corner office at Daly's place rather than a locker room. Even if ultimately he partially flubbed the execution, he's responsible for getting a giant pile of talent, tens of millions and eventually hundreds of millions of dollars that they wouldn't have had. Yeah, always nice to see people get paid. Finally, here's a cute story from Shirley on Twitter. I broke down in the hotel I was staying at and suddenly felt someone hug me. It was Cody and Big E. Cody sat with me for ages just to make sure I was okay, and he talked about how much he liked my sister. Every time I see him, he always asks how my family are. That's fucking adorable. There you go. Good dude. God damn. Whatever his faults, Cody is someone who loves to make waves with whatever he does. And we'll be able to talk about all of it in our Facebook group and Twitter page. So join us there and, of course, here on this podcast, which you're already listening to. So we don't have to tell you to do that. When we come back, we've got some things from wrestling you should know about. That's up next on Tights and Fights. And don't forget to listen to Tights and Fights. (laughs) Now available. We have wasted this world. Our magic put a storm in the sky that has rendered the surface of our planet uninhabitable. But beneath the surface, well, that's another story entirely. In a city built leagues below the apocalypse, survivors of the storm forge paths through a strange new world. Some seek salvation for their homeland above. Others seek to chart the vast undersea expanse outside the city's walls. And others still seek what else? fortune and glory dive into the ether sea the latest campaign from the adventure zone every other thursday on maximumfun.org or wherever you listen to podcasts welcome back to tyson fights i'm hal loveland and i'm joined today by danielle non-fungible token radford and Lindsay fungible calc. I am fungible. You're non-fungible, but I'm absolutely <laughs> fungible. You can funge me. Aw, thank you. You can funge me. This <laughs> Sorry, week we're no. going to end the show <laughs> by exploring the metaverse of the joy of wrestling with you. This is the three count. Yeah, oh. Step into the blockchain, kids. <laughs> Danielle, what would you like to put over? Um, you know, sometimes in life, you got to look back to go forward. And I, you know, speaking of people's careers and long careers and the change that people have really been able to make when it comes to wrestling. I saw a clip recently that encapsulates for me everything that wrestling 
can be again and that it should start to if we can if we can you know i'm not really big on nostalgia but this is one of those ones where i'm like you know this was really like the peak of wrestling and someday maybe we'll be able to hit that peak again during the attitude era which i mean everyone here knows was the best era of wrestling so recently i came across a a clip uh mr biggest of shows had recently dealt with a loss in the family oh lord dad I love you. You're a good man. Wow, Hal. I'm just remembering uh, this is it. A very just serious, remembering this is it. a very serious moment. His dad died, Hal. And then, all of a sudden, here comes Big Boss Man. What are you doing at the funeral? Now, what in the hell is that? Your daddy's dead. Your daddy died. Your daddy's in hell. <laughs> Which, why would you do that at a funeral? Big boss man. So then, Big Show attempts to stop Big Boss Man's car by jumping on it. He rolls off. He has been injured. His entire family is around him. His mother clutches at him, clutches at him. No, not my child, not my biggest of shows, not after I've just lost my husband. And while they are doing this, that evil, vile, biggest of boss men goes, hooks up the casket. Daddy always wanted to be a drag queen, big show. I'm gonna make him a drag queen right here, right now. Drives away with it in his car. And Big Show, proud, proud son, jumps up, leaps onto the casket, and attempts to stop Big Boss Man, I'm sorry, (laughs) from driving away with his daddy. You don't get that kind of storytelling anymore. Between actively grave robbing during a funeral and uh, chopping up somebody's dog and feeding it to them, true big boss man what a guy spent a lot of time as a baby face during his career <laughs> so somebody did those things a lot of time as a baby face i don't know wrestling <sighs> wrestling man wrestling Lindsay, what wrestling. do you want to put over uh i got two things to put over one is real quick uh just do want to say thanks to adam cole for finally backing me up and saying that adam page is just the other adam uh which some of us <laughs> mentioned casually on twitter a few months ago and then had to turn our twitter off um for about three days um because AEW fans told me to kill myself um and that's why i don't really tweet about wrestling anymore but now that adam cole has backed me up i feel a little bit like maybe i can tip tippy toe back in who knows actually feel the other way but what i really really want to put over is keeping it on a family tip Keeping it on a daddy's day um, motif, I would like to put over the newly extended Gargano family, specifically Candace, who has heaved a human out of her body. Um, Yikes. But yeah. the news we've all been waiting for, some of us legitimately have been refreshing that Instagram like a whole lot this week uh, because Candace posted a picture to stories midweek of Johnny asleep on what looked like a hospital sofa bed, which alerted us to the fact that the baby was imminent. And we finally have been gifted with baby wrestling Quill Gargano 
Quill Gargano fucking is amongst nerds. us. <laughs> fucking nerds have nerded. God, I love them. I got a text from my brother to say, I see that Johnny and Candace have Johnny and Candace the baby. And he's <laughs> not wrong. He was not wrong. We were all delighted. They have fully Gargano the baby. Baby Bobby Quill. Bobby is barely wrong. Really yeah. wrong. Could have, been, could have been Groot. Could have been Rocket. Could have been Gamora Gargano and I would have been happier. Drax. Drax. Drax Gargano is a great name. Mm-hmm. Um, a great name. But loved, all love to Quill. All love to Candace and her baby ravaged body. And I hope Johnny's managing to get some sleeps. And I hope that Podme is having a nice time and getting lots of treats and walks. What happens when you have two of the greatest talkers of a generation feud with one another? I don't know the how. What happens simple. when you... Oh, okay. It's simple. I'm going to tell you. It's rhetorical. So a lot of questions are rhetorical. Let just, Calc, please. Calc is ready for a limerick. Let him go. What's happening. Let him go. I let you do two things. Two things. Uh, one thing. I can't get... I can't get even five seconds into one thing. Not the peanut calorie. Fucking We're jumping not good, him. We're not good something. people. Huh? We're not good people. I'm going to start again. Julian, leave all this shit in. I want it on the record. We will. What happens? What happens? What two of the greatest talkers in the industry feud with one another? Great promos. That's what happens. Sometimes one person's promo is so good, the other person can't even respond by the end of it. That's what happened on Dynamite this week. Here's the very end of that promo right now, where where Punk shuts down MJF to the point where he can't even respond and walks away in shame. Julian, roll clip. The price you paid to see me on this day pales in comparison to the price you will pay on March 6th. The canvas I sit on is not going to be stained with your shitty spray tan. It's going to be stained with your blood. Pop those peas, punk. Holy smokes. Pop them peas. Just full on Elizabeth Helming. Explosives. <laughs> Gonna be stained with your blood. Just one drop of blood. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't not do my Elizabeth Holmes impersonation when I hear the word blood. I can't stop myself. Theranos. Theranos. Just one single drop of blood. Anyway, that does it for this episode of Tights and Fights. This week, your hosts were Lindsay Kelk and Daniel Radford, along with me, Hal Lublin. I have projects coming up that I cannot tell you about yet, and another that was offered to me just the other day that I cannot talk about because I haven't done it yet, and I have no idea how long after I do it, it will be out and available to the public. But there you go. Uh, just the excitement continues to build around this household of things that will be locked in a vault. Danielle? Well, first of all, I'm very excited for your vault. Um, you. I watch Honest Trailers, obviously. Uh, uh, I am working on a couple of things. If you are a horror babe, I am. Um, we're almost done with our run of Two Sentence Horror Stories, the official podcast, a companion podcast to the CW show Two Sentence Horror Stories, where we talk to like the people who made it and like activists who know about the issues that we're talking about and all those good good things. It's really fun. It's me and writer Megan Rosati, um, just kind of nerding out. We just talked to uh, the dudes who just uh, did the new Scream remake. Um, we've been having a lot of fun over there, so check that out. Also, if you are into tabletop RPGs, I am. Working Working on one right now called Kolok with uh, Hyper RPG that is on AMC's Fear HQ uh, Twitch channel. Uh, that is Mondays, and I believe we go live at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So if you like watching me um, and you like watching that kind of thing, uh, go do that. Also, uh, I believe my issue of Agretzko is out now in a graphic novel, which combines all of the issues from that miniseries. Uh, so go. Bye that. Okay, bye. Lindsay. Books. I got books. 
Um, check them out One, on a night like this out everywhere now mm. yay um, it seems to be doing pretty nicely it's getting good reviews people are nice about it that makes me it's so happy it makes me less concerned about the next one uh, <laughs> <laughs> so thanks you guys yeah on a night like this get it at your bookstores at your libraries at your online bookstores all those places um, and I'm on social media if you'd like to not tell me to kill myself and just chat about the variety of atoms. Um, come say hi. Come say hi. Our producer is Punny Kiss, Julian Burrell. Senior producer Beautiful. at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music, so we're putting him over for that. Find links to all of our social media channels in the show notes. If you love what we do, remember to hit those five stars on Apple Podcasts and share us with all your friends. Thank you so much to the Max Fun members who make this show possible. We'll be back next week for more, you guessed it, wrestling. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported